Chapter 55 Illuminated by the light cast from a few all-but-guttered candles in wall sconces was a room of vast size. It was far bigger than any room I'd ever seen before, large enough to contain more than a hundred souls. All of Stromford could have crowded in. The wooden ceiling was decorated with carved interlocking flowers and vines. Walls bore panel after panel, finely wrought upon which painted images of saints had been set. At the very far end, just opposite where I stood, was a gigantic fireplace faced with stone and painted tiles. The dull remnants of a fire burned. Close to this hearth on one side of the room was what appeared to be the stairway. Before the hearth stood a massive long table with benches and chairs. The table was littered with the heap remains of what must have been a great feast. Bones, breads, bottles, and bowls lay scattered everywhere as if voracious giants had gathered to dine. There were mazers and trenchers, knives and napkins, goblets, things I hardly knew and more than I could count. In the dimness, I was able to make out a number of doors set in the walls. One of these doors was open. From the room beyond, a little flickering light emerged. I went to it and moved cautiously and peeked in. I had come upon something very much like a church, but it was still a room. At first glance, the room seemed to contain nothing but gold. Gold that burned with a richness my eyes could barely absorb. These golden surfaces were encrusted with countless jewels, blue, purple, and red, which in the flickering candlelight seemed to pulse with a life their own. All in all, it was more wealth than I ever could have imagined existed on this earth. At its far end was an altar upon which stood a cross of gleaming gold. Before the cross were some lighted candles that brought illumination to the room. To one side of these candles were jewel boxes, probably containing saintly relics. Spellbound by such magnificence, I stepped farther inside. It was then I saw that the walls and ceilings were covered with images of holy souls. Their deep, dark eyes gazed down on me with such penetrating grief and wisdom. I did not doubt they peered into my very heart. Then I realized that on the altar, a single image had been placed. It had been set to the other side of the candles opposite the relic boxes. Here within a jewel-studded frame, our glorious lady in her flowing robes of blue was revealed. Kneeling on the ground before her was a knight in full armor, hands clasped in prayer, his face uplifted toward the virgin. To my utter amazement, I recognized the face of the knight. It was my own face, the very one I'd looked upon in the stream when Bear had made me cut my hair and wash my face. But now, as sure as I knew anything, I realized I was looking upon the image of my father. Feeling anger and curiosity, I drew closer. The kneeling man appeared so devout, so adoring of Our Lady. Yet I knew him otherwise, a lofty lord without kindness or caring for my mother. As for me, I doubted if he had any thought at all. Just to see him in his exalted state made me know with finality that I was not him. Nope, not any part. I was myself what I had become. 
Thus I sank to my knees, and putting aside the dagger, prayed that God on his throne, with my mother by his side, would judge Lord Furnival for what he truly was. I was completely absorbed when a voice behind me said, Who are you? What are you doing here? I sprang to my feet and turned about. It was John Acliffe.